0: Okay, so welcome back to the Willow Tree. As promised, I have author and holistic wellness life coach C. Imani Williams joining us to talk about many things involving our wellness and I believe self-love. You did say that, Imani, yes? Yes. Okay.
1: Always.
0: Thank you. Thank you. Welcome.
1: Thank you. And thank you for having me, Hilda.
0: You're very welcome. It's it's a privilege and a blessing to have a sister on board with the wellness movement. So I'm very, very excited to have you and very eager to listen to what you're going to share with us today.
1: Thank you.
0: So where do we begin? How did your journey begin? Your self-love journey? My self-love journey began after just
1: a whole bunch of back and forth, foolishness, no boundaries. And I hit bottom. And once you're at that space, in that space, you either figure out a way to climb out or you stay forever in that sunken place. And I do not want to do that anymore.
0: Okay. And when you say you hit bottom, what did bottom look like for you? If you would like to share that with us, if not, it's quite fine. It's just, well, it's, it's different. Yes, I'm sorry. It's just, I've heard I've heard various um, descriptions of what bottom looks like for some people. And I just learned yesterday that some people don't even recognize that there's a bottom, that they feel like they will forever continue to sink lower and lower. So I'm curious what your um, experience was like.
1: Um, My bottom looked like being just out of control. Um, Mm. I was drinking heavily. I was sexing heavily. um, And it wasn't until um, I started doing the work and really getting into it that I recognized that I was living with sex addiction. Wow. Um, know, um, alcohol abuse, and that they actually do feed off of one another.
0: They do. That
1: high is—you're on a chase for the next high.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, and that can just take shape in so many forms, um, all negative, because you are living without boundaries. You are living without um, the self-love that we all deserve gift ourselves right but it can be a journey it depends on um you know life situations what you've gone through how you've handled them what your coping skills were did you have a toolbox to reach into and pull out positive coping skills because if no positive coping skills exist we will find some skills but they will be negative
0: right right so, so that the determination of what a good versus a destructive coping skill is, would you say, are distinguished how. Because when we're engaged in those behaviors, we're not really thinking, oh, this is good. Sometimes I believe that we kind of know if it's bad, but we go along with it anyway. Mm-hmm. You know, but I, I'm wondering if, you know, how did you get to the point where you could actually determine, well, this is a good coping skill versus one that is not beneficial? Uh, as an empath, you know, I feel everything heavily mm. and sure you can agree
1: that that is kind of what empaths do. And so we have to, um, again, it comes back to self-love, self-care, knowing who you are. And sometimes... We could get off track with that, particularly if we don't have a strong base. Yeah. Um, and we are looking for those things that we look for in society, acceptance uh, from other people instead of looking inward. You know, so with the work, I learned that it really doesn't matter what other people think of me. People are going to think what they think. Some people <laughs> are going to like you, some people are not going to like what matters at the end of the day is what I think about Imani Williams Yes. because then I will project that. So if I am feeling um, like I can't make a, 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 a choice in good conscience and I just go out there and act out without giving it any thought, I know now that those repercussions are going to be there and that they're probably going to be negative. And like you said, I do think also that we know like something doesn't feel good or like we shouldn't be doing it or like this is gonna have some effect on us that's not gonna be good down the road. Then if we are conscious and in a conscious space, if we think about that, people are making steps toward it. And, and on the way we might say, no, nah, this is not a good idea. I'm a back, I'm a back up. Mm-hmm. But when you are, um, moving without boundaries and moving without a plan for yourself and just kind of out there. Like, you know, if this person comes into my life that I might want to have in it, I'm just going to go ahead and go with that. Well, no, you need to have some steps in place for yourself. You need to have boundaries. What's going to work for you? What's not going to work for you? Mm -hmm. Um, and I think that those tools intuitively, we know that we carry some with us. We know what's right. We know what's wrong. Um, and sometimes, when you are in or moving into a dark space, you just kind of throw those things to you know to the wind. You're just like whatever.
0: Hmm. And and would that be a specific sign or symptom of an addiction? Like just going back to the beginning, um, where you kind of look at the possible outcomes and just say, well, I'm going to do it anyway, or not even make a decision and just kind of go with the flow. Would,
1: it's more of going with the flow type of yeah. thing based on what is going on, you know, in your um, immediate day to day. It really does because we experience so many microaggressions um, as black women. Yes. Um, And so again, if we don't have like a a set of um, tools in our toolkit to pull from, things like those microaggressions that we get from um, sometimes from family, sometimes um, just in the workforce, going you know unless you work at home by yourself, uh, but anytime you are you have to deal with another person or other people, that increases the It just widens the pool for things to come in. So, you know, we have to learn how to, like, protect our energy, protect our space, um, know who we are, practice self-care, practice self-love. And I recognize that um, we don't always know the specific steps to take to get there. But I do know when I feel bad. I do know um, emotionally when I need to do some check-ins with myself. And sometimes those have to happen on a daily basis, you know, it just, it depends on um, the individual, um, how they've handled things in the past where they are on their self care, self love journey. Um, And the thing is, is that so often that we don't even consciously think about self love, but um, I'm just here to share today that that needs to be in the forefront. Mm -hmm. Um, If have, um, a history of any type of addiction whether that's people pleasing then you need to learn how to say no sometimes yes. if it, you know yes. um, if it's you know you, you grew up on wonderful yummy fattening fried <laughs> foods and that's your comfort thing and so when people piss you off you immediately go to, to get some of that comfort from food eventually that will turn into addiction. So it can, you know, addictions span, um, from A to Z It's that self-awareness. Right. So if it's two things that I say that we, we, we must focus on as individuals trying to get to the next level and keep ourselves, um, emotionally healthy, it, it would be self-love and self-awareness.
0: Okay. So for someone, for example, for someone that grew up without that sense of self-love, what would be your suggestion on how to either, you know, discover it? Because we all have it. We, 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 it's just something that's like, it, we're born with it. But so many of us don't know how to unlock it. Like, what would you recommend? someone who was not raised in a loving environment and does not have that sense of self-love what can they do to find it
1: um i would suggest doing all they can to plant those seeds and watering them so that they can blossom that literally literally and and figuratively as well Um, they've got to find that mm, inside of them that says i deserve to be here regardless of what anyone else says regardless of what anyone else feels mm-hmm. i deserve to be here so that can come through um personal coaching that can come through like the group counseling um that is often you know free and accessible to people and i just say start the journey it might come through um utilizing your library card and and, and podcasts and listening to um, self-help programs um things that say that teach you to say I love me mm-hmm. and this is why I love
2: you mm-hmm. um, For
1: me it took um, you know I was in my in my 50s or just about to be in my 50s when a therapist, said, you know, Imani, I've worked with a lot of people and I rarely tell people this, but um, for you, I'm going to assign this piece of homework. I want you to get in the mirror every day and three times a day say, I love you. I love me. I love me. And it was weird at first, but the repetition of that and actually tuning in to the fact that I deserve to be here and getting in that mirror and saying that every day, three times a day is a practice that I that I still carry out because it did make a difference. And so it, it can be something as small as that, that, that self affirmation. Yeah. Um, and if you're not there, when you start the process, the repetition should help.
0: Yeah i, I can imagine i'm sorry i i continue i just have a, a comment but continue your All thoughts right, i just can't imagine um just just eye gazing alone into the mirror into your own eyes is enough for me um adding to that that affirmation that i love you the person in the mirror <laughs> you know so i'm saying it I'm watching myself saying it and I'm listening to it at the same time. That must have been quite something to get used to. Um, because I grew up in a home where those words were never, I don't ever remember, you know, hearing those words, like as a child, like I remember them after I grew up, you know? Um, but as a child, it it was just, I don't remember those, hearing those words, but hearing them as, as an adult and reinforcing it, you know, when I say it, like, it's not that I have to hear it back, but it kind of prompts the other person to say it back to me. So, you know, it's a win-win, um, but, but to get to that point, you know, it does take some work. It does take a lot of work. So yeah, that, that, that's my, um my thought on that it's it's something that um i raised my children saying you know i i i I think that you know at one point they didn't even know what they were saying they were just saying it back (laughs) um but you know now in their 20s you know when they say it it has meaning so yeah and they're very healing words very simple healing words yeah
1: gave them a wonderful gift absolutely Um, and it, it it started because it was something that you felt that you didn't get. That's one one place where people can start to um, veer off. Like you made the the you made the decision to make a positive choice and say I'm going to do something different with my kids because that's just what I feel like doing. I didn't get something I wish I had. Um, so that's one reason to kind of start the course of a different journey to kind of change the dynamics that we grew up with Um, which kind of takes me to my next point is that in childhood um, we experience a lot of things some are positive some are negative but most of the time as adults if we are experiencing those issues that speak to who we are, those things that shaped them in childhood, we have to go back and do that work and protect um, that little girl or boy inside of us. We absolutely must.
2: Absolutely.
1: Because we didn't have the power as children, but we absolutely have the power as adults. And I, and I get it. That sounds like, um, sometimes it sounds like something that is going to be um, excessively difficult
2: mm-hmm
1: because we had to do the work of creating our own positive toolbox while doing away with those things that stay in your psyche from a
2: child right you know? right and sometimes it's unpleasant sometimes it's painful to um, even think about going back and
1: touching any of that because mm-hmm. we spend so much time as adults um trying to do that adult thing and have that adult thing look a certain way, again, not necessarily to us, but to others, um, that we can get just caught up in so many traps that it's going to take us years, if not decades, to get out of. Yeah. So that self-awareness piece, that self-care, that self-love, that boundary setting, and I, and I, I repeat this like a mantra, because those are the things that I know for a fact um, that we need in order to feel good about ourselves, not be fake about ourselves, not put on the front for the world, um, but to know who we are inside. And then I believe that we, I just kind of, um, that energy transfers and we share it with other people and they get the authentic us as opposed to um, the social media celebrity us, mm-hmm. that yeah. we may say that we don't even aspire to be but at the end of the day the bottom line is that we all want to um, feel worthy we want to feel um, like we contribute something to the world yeah you know
0: we want to be um, seen yeah, yeah and we want to be seen as children we we want to be seen right um, but you know whatever 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 happens, you know, that kind of diminishes that, you know, unfortunately gets carried over into adulthood. So, yeah, there's a lot of unraveling that needs to take place to undo, undo the, and not only undo the damage, but rebuild, right?
1: Yes. Yeah, yeah. That's important. And when we don't stop to do that, we... Um... Because this is such this culture, this um, society is so heavily um, inundated with couples and partnering and power couples and all of that. We can strive towards those things. And look at that as more important than what we need to be doing for ourselves. Right. And got to take care of self first, because without that, Even if you um, have the book in for a power couple, y'all not going to power together because one, at least one person who hasn't done the work is bringing in that energy. I encourage people to do an assessment, really look at where they are in their lives, what they want to like accomplish for self, the, the, the inner stuff, um, you know, are, are you a good person? Do you do what you say you're going to do? Are you going to? Are you do? You, do you have a dream? Because everybody should have a dream. Yeah. Um, shouldn't just be stuck, you know, where you are thinking there's no more. Um, and I recognize that many people do not. They just don't connect those dots because it took me so long to do it, and I, I thought I was on point. I was going with the flow. It felt good. It felt it felt good sometimes it felt good until I got back with myself and had to look at some of my actions.
2: Yeah, um,
1: And so we just have to be extremely cognizant of where we are in our walk, what our goals are. We have to set some goals. Some people, you ask them, what is your goal for, you know, what, what's your goal for the next year, the next 12 months? What's your goal for the next five years? And those are two questions for people who just go with the flow that causes some discomfort because they don't have they don't have anything tangible right that they're even even working towards mm-hmm. whether they've given up or whether they you know that they, they go with the flow thing is it has worked a little bit and they're gonna they're able to push forward with that but we have to have a plan for ourselves or else other people will plan for us and because <laughs> we attract energy if we just out here crazy we're gonna attract crazy. We're adding <laughs> addiction to that. Oh, it's gonna be a party, but it's gonna be a hell of a hangover when you wake up. <laughs> now you gotta backtrack. You gotta look at, you yeah. know, um, who, who your Vicky Secrets came off for. You gotta look at how you acted in that situation. You gotta look at the repercussions of that of those behaviors, right. and that's the part that doesn't always feel good because we're not honoring self if we just out here. Right. And I, I do believe that, you know, I, I support women finding um, healthy spaces and and ways to express their sexuality. Um, I believe that everybody should orgasm as often as possible. Um, but if those actions are causing destructive behaviors within yourself, then, you know, I, I suggest maybe looking at another way of doing it. because there are a type of toy stores out here. Now you can, you can definitely (laughs) do you. You can do you without, without, without any shame at all. Now rather that that be the choice than going out and mixing energy with another person and creating more havoc in your life and possibly in theirs. Yeah.
0: Well, well, from, from, from a, a single woman's perspective, it takes a lot of unlearning to get to that point. Um, where you, where you learn how to take care of yourself fully, um, and not put that responsibility on another human being. Um, I was actually, it's funny that you brought this up. I was thinking about, um, you know, relationships in general. And it's like, it's like, well, you're planning a great vacation, wonderful, wonderful, beautiful vacation. You spend all this money on your plane ticket. You're going to stay at a wonderful hotel. And you buy all these new outfits and, you know, you have this image of what it's going to look like and then your luggage is lost. So you're at this beautiful environment, you're, you're staying at this beautiful hotel, but you're not enjoying yourself because you're incomplete without all your luggage, your beautiful luggage. You know, everything in in the suitcase is missing. So you miss out on a wonderful, beautiful, memorable experience because you're missing these things. And and to me, this is how not most people, but some people show up in relationships. They're they're not there fully, you know, or or they want to present a part of them that is just the pretty side, you know, the the attractive side. Um, And they only want to engage in the beauty of it. You know they don't want to really embrace the relationship fully because you're dealing with another human being who also has their issues so right. i was just thinking about that this morning it's like wow that luggage is really really important you know and and that can represent so many things because it, it does affect you um
2: absolutely
0: yeah so i have uh we have a few more minutes a couple more minutes before we have take a quick break um and i just wanted to ask you how did you decide to become a life coach what was your pivoting moment that you said okay i'm gonna do this
1: my pivoting moment came when i looked at um, what I have to offer as a survivor of so many things,
2: mm-hmm. including
1: domestic violence, including childhood sexual abuse, wow. including being a people pleaser the majority of my life. Um, those were some things that I had struggled with greatly and that The work, I believe, um, afforded me some gems to share
2: with other people. Mm -hmm.
1: My goal with what I do is to help people break generational cycles of dysfunction. Um, Because we don't culturally discuss things as we should. We don't raise awareness. We don't sit down and talk about um, mental illness. We don't talk about The pedophiles in the family we don't talk Mm -hmm. about um, if you use the bible because you grew up in church um, to find a mate how you need to continue your self-journey of work and self-love and not fall into um losing yourself right it's often when we go to find No, we realize something doesn't feel right and we may go talk to a a mother or a favorite auntie about uh, marital issues, Um, power dynamics that may not have presented before you said I do. And now you're in this situation that somebody is trying to control you and they're using the fact that you grew up in church and that your mother and your father were married for, you know, a hundred years. And so the pressure is on for you to, Follow that same strain of thought Yes, and kind of tuck yourself away a little bit by a little bit, piece by a piece
0: Yeah,
1: so you don't even exist anymore, you don't even know who the hell you are.
0: Yeah. Do it for the kids. I say no you know? to that.
1: Yeah.
0: Or they do it right. for the children.
1: And the kids are watching mom become this person that they can't recognize because she's shrinking. Right. So. Again, it it comes down to knowing who we are and doing that self-work to get to that point of knowing who we are.
0: Wonderful. Wonderful.
1: And not live with that shame.
0: The shame, yes, and the need to have those conversations and understand that if your family doesn't support you, go and find someone who will. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So So
1: It sounds easy. It's going to be work. but my God, getting to the other side of that and reclaiming your voice, which is what I believe that um, life coaching should do, should help people to reclaim their voice from the inside. They should be built up so that they know who they are, and then they'll go on to do some things to help other people. We've got to be about the business of of, of sharing these gifts, right?
2: But
1: right. we have to hone them, and we have to always set intentions. Um, I think to give our best be our best and expect that of the folks that we work
0: with. Absolutely. It's just
1: too important not
0: to. Yeah, it's 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 truly necessary especially now where you know and I don't think it's by force or by default it's just that women are finding you know we're finding ourselves in positions of autonomy, responsibility, leadership, like you name it, like you know and there's no turning back we have to move forward and we have to find our tools to continue the journey um, regardless of where we're at where where we're starting it doesn't matter the point is that we we continue trying and moving forward so yeah thank you for sharing that Um, so we're gonna take a quick uh quick break and we'll come back with more from see Imani Williams Okay, so we're back with uh, C. Imani Williams, and we will cover the next half of this podcast. So Imani was speaking of her journey into her, what shall we call where you're at now, Imani? Is it your sovereignty? What is it? Emancipation? What would be one good word to describe where you're at now in life?
1: One good word.
0: awakened oh that's good yeah okay yeah, they're off the, the the water off the blinds the blinders are off yes yes they're, just, they're off yes okay so tell us tell us what do you see
1: <laughs> i see me putting these these um, packaging me Mm. and my message for self-love. Yeah. And the journey just has awakened me to so much. So I find that um, putting what I have amassed over five decades into practice um, to be of service to others. Um, looks like um, taking my graduate degrees from guidance and counseling, which um, I pursued because I wanted again to understand my family dynamics better. I wanted to understand me better. And I wanted to help others who had struggled with some of the things that I went through. And I did my first graduate program super early, like I finished at 26. I hadn't been through half of what I would go through um, in life at that point, but I still knew that counseling was something that I felt could make a difference for me and for other people. And later, see, I finished that in 1990, and um, worked in the field, um, got some great skills under my belt, but something was missing, and that missing piece was writing, Mm. not writing clinical notes, but creative writing personal essays, short stories. I started with short stories. Um, and I just kind of went back, circled back to something that I really enjoyed as a child. Um, I was an avid reader since I was four. Her um, my notes that my mother wrote in my baby book that I'm so thankful to still have because she took such detailed notes, uh, I taught my younger sister how to read. Um, so, reading and writing were just two things that have always been deep loves of mine. Um, my second grade teacher would, when she had to step out of the room, would leave me in charge of the reading group. and um, I took great pride in that. Took my job seriously as as her helper
2: because
1: um, <laughs> I know not everybody likes to read.
2: Right. Some
1: people struggle with reading for, for for various reasons. Reasons, but I know that reading. Um, even if you're in, if you needed escape, reading was my escape. So I just ate books up. And my mother always made sure I had books to choose from. Um, so for me, that made a difference. And I won my first um, writing contest in fifth grade. And I was invited before the Detroit City Council to read my story. There were photographers. I was gifted a key to the city.
2: And that, that stuck with me. Yeah. So I've always,
1: I've always written. It's been a way to express myself when adults told me, girls, stop talking so much. Just be quiet. Be quiet. <laughs> be quiet. Shut up. And, and I would be like, dang, hey, you know, I'm curious. I have questions. I see things.
2: Yeah.
1: Um and and so taking to a, a journal and, um, you know, and I had the, the journal that most of us or a lot of us had as, as girls growing up with the lock and it was decorated all pretty. And that hit me as something very important too, because my journal had a key that meant that this, this journal, these words, what I put down on this paper, that's mine. And nobody can take that from me. Yes. Yeah. No? Yes. And so my, my uh, college students, would I would task them with journaling um, every day, a minimum of three paragraphs, and they would hand their notebooks in to me because we met twice a week. They would hand their notebooks in to me. I would make my notes. I would give it back to them, and then they'd go home and continue. But I remember one of the early classes starting it, and the gentleman in the class said, um, you know, Miss, Miss Amani, I don't really get into all that touchy-filly stuff. I'm, I don't do all that. That's so, where well, you're going to do it for me, and you're going to do it for you because it's part of your grade. And they flipped the script on me. My male students would not write three paragraphs, they would write dossiers. And if I my remarks were not significant in their mind. They would come up to me, come up to me and they would say, "Miss Amani, you know I wrote a whole lot," <laughs> and I said, "You know what?" And I want you to do that. I said, "I apologize for the brevity in this one, but I have two other classes, right?" <laughs> and everybody journals. I want you to stay on this path, and I will. I will, you know, really try to do better with with my remarks. So they turned it into therapy for them.
0: It is therapy. Although that's
1: not what it was. Yeah. But I know that that spoke to the fact that men are not encouraged to speak up about their feelings. They're not encouraged to show emotion, and then we end up with people um, just pushing narcissism and misogyny because they hold stuff in and they don't. They never get it out. Now this can happen with women too but journaling is absolutely a way to get started on that um creative healing process through the written word Mm
0: -hmm. and it's something that you can opt to share or not right you don't absolutely absolutely it's yours um
1: i had female students every semester one or two would be involved in intimate partner violence because their partner that they shared space with was not was no longer on board or was never on board and it was just coming out um becoming very aggressive and angry about their partners being in school and you know finish finishing a semester and for some people um they threw them all the way off of their game. Their journals had to, they had to hide their journals away because the partner was not respecting their space and reading their journals. Um one young lady, her her partner took her computer and threw it on the floor. Wow. Ripped all the pages out of her her notebooks, tore up her school books. Um and so there will be people along the journey, I say all this to say, there will be people along the journey who you think are in support of what you're doing, but who are adamantly working against you. (laughs)
0: Yes. (laughs) I mean, they say, yes, theoretically they're supporting you. Yeah. I'll support you. I got your back until you actually start taking the steps and doing it. So
1: absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And and, and so again, this puts women, particularly Mm -hmm. black women and women of color in that position of, Society says, you know, you are successful if dot, 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 right. if you are married, if you have a successful career and you're married, mm-hmm. if your partner has a successful career, if you can purchase X, Y, and Z and, you know, your house is in a certain neighborhood or, you know, so it comes back again to defining who you are, right? what matters to you and having good intentions to achieve those things that you say that you want. Right. Because we can go out, be out here living reckless. You can, you know, if you just want money and you don't care how it comes and want somebody with you um on your arm that uh that it that exudes money, well that money could be made illegally.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: It could be white collar illegal. It could be good illegal yeah and it's both are going to have repercussions
2: um, yeah.
1: for you that may you know this put you in a really bad space including prison and including yeah.
0: death yeah or, or it could just <laughs> so, be it could be fully legal in every way but just go against your integrity against who you are because you just might be doing the wrong thing altogether. you know right. to make however much money it doesn't even have to be a lot of money Um, but I, I, you know, I see your point, you need to stay true to who you are, but first you need to do the work to find out who you are. Right. So you need to get rid of all of those layers that were forced on you and, you know, get to your core of, of, of your true self. And that takes work. So I'm, I'm curious, can you give me an example of what, your, your therapy looks like? How would you describe it? How do you enmesh you know, your therapy with writing?
1: Well, creative arts are such a big part of that. So mm. um, let me just run, run, run the list of, of what we do. Um, the first thing is to change mindset. So we do a lot of um, affirmations, much like my therapist use with me. To build people up so affirmations there's meditation there's mindfulness there's yoga then there's the writing piece where we start with journaling and we start looking at where you are and what brought you to that point so we absolutely do the shadow work of peeling back those layers and going back to childhood and that is very scary for a lot of people, and so you know, I, I expect a bit of resistance pretty much throughout the process mm-hmm. because the work is hard. It's not easy. It is much easier um, to turn up four nights a week, um, and because I did that, yeah, and and I turned up sometimes every night. Because I love champagne, mm. so I would have my bottles, and then I would get up and I would go to work the next day. Mm. Um, and I would come home and I would help my girls with homework. So I was that functional alcoholic, right? Mm-hmm. Which is very easy to um, give the illusion that you are that you are right because you're functioning,
2: right?
1: You're not leaving. You're not addressing stuff. Just burying more and more stuff that has to be dug out. When and if you decide to do the work, right? So, I, you know, exist resistance. Resistance is a kind of a, a, a natural thing, but also a natural thing should be. I'm, I'm really in a fucked up place, and I really gotta stop this. Yeah, and praying it away, and you know, you know talking to your friends about it, trying to trying to get over it. Um, those are, those are steps in the process, but you really have to be committed to going deeper.
0: Yeah. And, and I can imagine like for my own, I, I took several, um, several courses, um, some in psychology, others in, in creative writing, um, um and I recall taking a course on in women's studies i have an undergraduate degree in in women's studies and this course broke down my life into seven into groups of seven like the first seven years so i had to focus on everything that i could remember that happened from year zero to year seven or the end of year six and boy was that hard it was hard to do because it forced me to sit in that space you know, and, and I can totally understand how we can be resistant to doing that because no one is 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 making me do it. I have to discipline myself to do it. And I have to go into details that were, I, I went into details that were ugly. Some things I wasn't sure of, but I, you know, as a child you have, you know, you hear and you see, you know, and you interpret according to, you know, your child brain. <laughs> You know, so it, it's interesting, and I have I have those papers, I still have them, and it's really interesting to go back and read it because every time I go back and read it, I have even more insight. So, you know, even if we write it, and I'm I'm asking you, is it necessary to write and share? Again, is it necessary to write and discuss, or is it okay to just write and put it away? and go back to it at another time.
1: Uh, It is absolutely okay to um, keep your writings to yourself.
2: Yep.
1: Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm going to go back to something that you asked um, a little while ago, which was, um, had I healed or had I started the healing process when I um, decided to do an MFA in nonfiction creative writing? Um, In a nutshell, no, I mm. had not. Healed. Yeah. Um, in fact, um, I was going through the entire two years of that program um, when I began the program. My marriage was on its last legs. So.
0: Oh, uh, um, okay. So can we can we can we back up just a little bit? Because yes. I think you and I spoke about that privately. I don't think we shared it out with the audience. Um, you did speak about getting your, your master's in, in what was it in family therapy? What sort of, what kind of therapy was that?
1: Um, back in the day when I got that in 1990, it was just kind of guidance and counseling. Okay. Okay. Now it's family therapy.
0: Right. Now it's family therapy. Okay. So then fast forward, how many years you decided to go back and get a second master's degree? 2008. So wow. I and I decided wow. in 2007
1: that I was going to, or 2007 beginning in 2008 that I was going to start applying. And, um, I was accepted at Antioch university in los angeles and i was absolutely stoked about um, being accepted because they you know they did not take everyone and i think there were 30 people in my in my cohort there were not more than 40. so 40 people twice a year so um i was very excited um and, and i felt very blessed to Invited to be a part of that program.
2: Yeah,
0: well, that's and I only applied to
1: one program. Um, I was not paying all those admission application fees. Right. So I, I bought a book that broke down uh, MFA programs around the country. And Los Angeles, I always wanted to. Um, be somewhere where I would not be freezing in the winter. <laughs> the Los Angeles was appealing, right? And the school was um, so attracted to me because they are steeped in social justice, mm. and I was allowed, you know, with my program outline that I helped create, to choose a path that would help me most and because i was going through a divorce and and my mother got sick with cancer she, her she cancer came out of remission um and you had
0: children and you had children
1: oh they were grown they, they were, were
0: grown they
1: were, okay were grown. so um michigan um got them I had left Michigan in uh, January of 07 um, and moved from Detroit to Tucson, Arizona. And um, again, because I was, I had said to myself when my youngest, when I got her on somebody's college campus, I was leaving Michigan. I was over the cold. I was just just over it, over and over and over it.
0: Well, you wanted and, to live um, the life you wanted, right? You realized right. that that what you wanted your life to look like, and you took the steps to make it happen. Yeah.
1: Yes. So, yes. Um, Antioch was a a, a wonderful time. Um, I remember my final mentor, Edelman, saying afterwards she she just sent me the nicest um, the nicest letter. Mm-hmm. She said I have been doing this a long time. I've been mentoring writers through this program a long time. You are the first, has faced so many challenges during their final semester and who was so determined to be successful. Not ask for an incomplete, not say I'll come back later and do this. because It's just too much right now. You See, I've got to finish this now. Yeah. And I absolutely had to finish it at that time because um my mother, who was dying of throat cancer with a voice box, took her her pen and her notebook and she wrote down, finish what
2: you start. Finish mm, it now.
1: So with it her now. permission, yes. Yeah. With her permission and all the surgeries that she had during that two year program, um Some I would be there for, others she would say, this is just a little one, don't come. Um, When she needed me to be there, I was there. It was a low residency program, so I was able to do that. Mm -hmm. um, Aside from the two weeks I would need to be on campus um, each semester. But but with my mother's blessing, that is how I got through. And so, um, I hope just you know, Victoria Hope Edelman said, you know, I just, I'm very proud of you. Yeah. I, I don't. I don't. I don't know how you did it. <laughs> I don't know how you did it. It was about the business, um, and so doing that let me know. It, it taught me something. It taught me that even though um, I was charged with something that seemed like who, it was just so. It was so big, especially that last semester. there was so much culminating to do right um, and so even though I was charged with this that I somehow was a, with, with a lot of prayer a lot of faith um, a lot of people praying for me was able to get through
2: mm-hmm. and so
1: that was a, a message to me that no matter what it is we're going through because of divorce and losing my mother at the same time and trying to finish this graduate program almost took me out but because I was successful um, In meeting my goal, it taught me that you know adversity is going to come. You can't say how or when or how much. You got to deal with it, and you still got to try as much as possible, as hard as possible, to be true to yourself and finish what you start. Yeah.
0: So we know a few secrets of why you are a great life coach um you've lived through several several challenging times in your life and you're, you're bringing that to the table in addition to the education that you fought for um you experienced the college life as a traditional student and as an adult non-traditional student so you definitely wow. <laughs> and you and you and you you um Let's see, you succeeded. You were successful both times, Um, but I can definitely see the success, you know, the second time around um, with all the resistance and just all the responsibility you had. Um, And while doing your own healing, yes, because it wasn't like life just put a pause and said, okay, Imani, go and complete this part of your education life kept happening um yeah, and, and life will and life will and you know all the triggers were still there um thankfully you had acquired the good tools to get you through right um you know and this makes you a, a really wonderful model for others um for other women and men right because you work with both male and female is that is that correct you both with you work with both genders um so definitely you are a huge asset a huge asset to the community and and we really need you Um, thank you and really appreciate the work you're doing the work you will continue to do and your new book your new book um we have a couple of minutes left can you tell us about your 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 the book you are is it out yet?
1: No. Um,
0: root work. Root work. Yes.
1: off over trauma will be Oh, pre-sales have started. Okay. Well, no, they haven't. No, they haven't. There's a current wait list that just posted yesterday.
2: Okay. For pre-sales, which will start November 25th. Okay. Um, which is my
1: mother's birthday. And then um, the book will be out on December 15th.
0: Okay, so there's a there's a wait list. And how do you get on that wait list? Um, you get on the wait list
1: by signing up with your email and your name.
0: How do we find you?
1: Right, see Amani Williams on Facebook.
0: Okay, so find you on Facebook and do we need to do a friend request or?
1: Help? Um, no, this that's a public post. You can also um, go to CiamaniWilliams.com and locate it there as well.
0: Perfect. Ciamani.com. I think that's a very easy way to get to get yes. on that list. Siemani Williams. CiamaniWilliams.com. Okay. Are you on any other social media? Instagram. Instagram, TikTok, Facebook are all Siemani Williams. Okay. Excellent. So we can find you there. Well this was awesome. Thank you so much for giving us your time. Very very Absolutely. busy lady. <laughs>
1: Absolutely my pleasure Hilda. Um I want everybody to just embrace self-love. Yes. The world can be such a, a, a nicer, beautiful place for everybody. Mm-hmm. If I'm on my, if I'm on my thing and you're on yours and we come together and we you know, open some doors for some other people. Just hand kindness on yeah. a smile. So many people don't don't even get don't even get a hello during the day, yeah. particularly with this pandemic. The pandemic that um, you know continues to do the most. Mm-hmm. So we can do little things, just smile.
0: And we have the masks on. Yeah, we have the masks on. So I ah. mean, smile with your eyes, or at the very ah. least, make some eye contact. You know that that's. That's a that's a
1: penny to say hello to
0: somebody. <laughs> like you don't even have to speak, you can wave. <laughs> yes, yes. Or nod. Yeah. Then we'll
1: be all right. Yeah, yeah.
0: We'll get through oh, this. Thank you so much. Thank you. For
1: allowing you to come and, and share with your listeners today. And um have a a blessed and safe um, holiday season, you and your family.
0: Thank you so much. Listeners. So much. You do the same, my dear. And I'm looking forward to Root Work. I have to get on that list, as a matter of fact.
1: Yes, yes. <laughs> I want everybody to grab a copy of Root Work, Triumph Over Trauma. Read okay. it for yourself. Get one for somebody else that um, might be going through. Um And I am going to have a trigger warning on the back because I don't want anyone to um, open that up. My story is deep. It's it's convoluted, but at the end of the day, it is absolutely necessary for anyone who is interested in okay. starting their guilty journey.
0: And it is nonfiction. It's right. Non-fiction.
1: It, it is. Yes. Short stories. Yes. Personal essays and poetry.
0: Beautiful. Uh, okay. All right, people. So I'm going to leave you with that. Root work by C Imani Williams get on that list find her on Instagram Facebook make sure you get the book and TikTok all righty thank you so much Imani and we will do this again very soon
1: absolutely thank you you have a beautiful rest of the
0: day Miss Hilda (laughs) you do the same love you you too (laughs) be well